Rise Em Up with Mikey and Ray, the, the alternative voice of the ethnic millennial. Welcome back to Bottom Up. It's your boy Mikey. And it's your girl Ray Ray. And we are the alternative voice of the ethnic millennial. So welcome to episode one of our new series, Diversity in Industry. I can't wait for how this season's going to span out. And episode one is all about just putting some background, some flavor to this whole talk that we're going to be doing. So it's on a classism. Yeah, so like Mikey said, this season is all about diversity in industry and throughout the season you'll see how we talk about different industries um we'll have some anecdotes from guests who've actually worked in those industries um but today we did want to set like the tone so you guys have a bit more background a bit for a bit more information on the the effects of classism um as well as the di- diversity in terms of the disparities that ethnic minorities face let alone the fact that we are banded as a lower class anyway. So it's this, the struggle of both. And we just wanted to give you a bit more information and discuss it from a deeper level. Um, so the definition of classism is prejudice against people belonging to a particular social class. Um, initially, there are five social classes within Britain. We did have, I think they're like the new age gen. Yeah. <laughs> the Gen X's are trying to make like the seven social classes. For someone that did psychology, I should really know these, but... <laughs> Yeah, there was a BBC article like around 2013 that was like a lot of Britain are in the middle classes, but the middle classes does vary mm. in terms of in structure as well. And it's like it's not just your income, it's also assets that you have or yeah. property that you have. So there's that variety of two additional classes, really. And it's not as rigid as it was before. Yeah. But yeah, so the five social classes um, is upper, upper middle middle working and lower so lower class can be categorized as the unemployed it is controversial but like the homeless and things like that then the working class are the groups of people who normally are employed but their jobs are low skilled or semi-skilled and majority of them don't have university experience or education past the age of 16 um Then we move to middle class and middle class is your white collar professionals. So your teachers, your journalists, your nurses, um, those kind of professions. Now the upper class, I'm not going to lie, the upper class, I don't even know what I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) do. Like upper class, all I can think is the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) When my man Jack goes in and there's new money, old money. That's the thing, it's like there's that generational wealth. It's not just the income, the job that you have and the income you're based on, but also like your family and like where it's been in generations, like the yeah. money that they've earned as well. So upper class is not only just kind of like a, a bracket of how much your income is. It's also to do with your lifestyle and things like that, I believe. Especially in Britain, I feel like there is that generational wealth where there has been a certain title that's been passed down and from that title yeah. opportunities and things like that. So with upper class, um, although technically is defined like class system is defined by your income Uh, I think with the upper class it's not completely um, because there's not exactly one job or a class of jobs that we can define as upper class yeah Um, and then jumping off upper class is so old money is basically generational wealth and then new money is you know you youtubers out here (laughs) 
<laughs> well, do you think that that money like mm, I don't know that's no but if you've got money money yeah, like I think KSI yeah. so br- and all yeah, these man they're breaking into they're that breaking upper into class money to their upper class money but yeah. they're not themselves considered upper class because yeah. the style of living is different yeah. do you know what I mean and um, well, is it though they're earning like they're buying mansions and like driving like Lamborghinis as well fur. this is the thing yeah because the definition like I think we'll get in I think we should get into this a little bit later on in the episode yeah because I this is the thing I think we're le- we're growing up in a generation where classism not classism is breaking down of course it's not but I feel like there is more like um, the stereotypes are being broken down. The stereotypes the, are being broken the, what, down. What money you can get with what jobs? Yeah. So and then after that is aristocrats. So basically, that's the royals, mate, and <laughs> the lords and the barons. <laughs> I don't know. Watch that and have you get a clue? Um, but yeah, so they're the social classes. So I was just going to ask, like, I think for me, I thought I was very naive in the sense of understanding classism because my whole life, all I thought about was racism and the effects of racism. Yeah. But classism is a whole nother ball game that we are, as ethnic minorities, facing as well. I feel it's very subtle. It's like, very subtle. Because when you were a kid, in, right? Because yeah. I think yeah. we were given that thought that we all have the same experience in education. Like we're all given free education. Yeah. And so we're all given that same, like, pedestal. Standard, yeah. yeah, to to jump off um but what do you think do you think it starts with education yeah i guess so like in terms of education is one useful tool to like separate wealth later on in life right Mm -hmm. like the more educated you are those jobs or income like will pay for those educated people yeah like i think we're always taught i think especially from an ethnic minority perspective my experience was my parents telling me that I needed to, in order to earn and in order to be placed in society, I need education. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. So that was kind of pushed into me. But I think I was naive to think that that's, that's all I needed. Thing. Yeah, no, like, definitely. Like, I thought that I just, well. Like, I just thought I need to ho- be hardworking. Yeah. I need to make my mantra. A's. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, for But sure. it's really not that simple. No, it's not. But then, and you only of, come across that once you start trying to apply for a job or, like, university, like, the yeah. choices. Like, those, those all matter, like, for your later life. Yeah. But I don't know. With education, it's a weird one because the two big... Um, categories are obviously state school which can vary yeah state school you can go grammar schools or you can go um ones that are funded by um not just the state but then you've got private schools i think is the next category yeah even though state schools is quite a big category because a lot fits in that but what puts it apart is private schools is basically where you fund and you pay money to go and be educated by better teachers i believe and it's not even just the teaching standard i think they're open to more because they've got resources and like even trips and stuff they're open to gain more experience not even that but like even facility wise yeah you would expect a private school having like best facilities in all departments whereas in state schools they get a certain allocated budget yeah and within that they have to make hard and fast choices to where that budget can be used in different departments Mm -hmm. so whereas in a private school you wouldn't think departments would vary in terms of like trying to get the best stuff for the children if you get what I mean like I remember the comprehensive school that I went to they had to like try and get like scholarship or funds from like the government or from like wind stuff to try and develop the science department department. yeah because it was like and do like competitions and things yeah yeah. like when I entered the science department 
was looking like the same as the 90s or like mm-hmm. the 2000s like <laughs> bro do you not remember the huts we had to go to do maths yeah. in no so that's the thing <laughs> those molded. mobile buildings like you had to do those classes temporary in. buildings <laughs> you know they said that you know that like they're supposed to be temporary buildings bro they were temporary but they lasted like for like years. 10 years 10 20 years like that's not temporary that's a whole building in itself oh my god and there was no heating do you yeah, remember how cold, cold. oh my god Oh. And he had one kid, oh, bear hot, can you open the windows, mate? Ah. <laughs> I was like, he's definitely going for PBE or the menopause. Because <laughs> I'm cold in these streets. <laughs> and you'd be wearing your gloves in class. Oh, my God. No, nah, for sure. Like, that's that. With private school, you wouldn't think, oh, your science department is looking like the 90s. Like, your science department has all the latest conical flasks and all of that <laughs> bunsen burners are top notch like they have all the chemicals they don't no gas leaks <laughs> yeah for us it's like let's just watch a video of, of a classroom that has all of these facilities and like <laughs> oh this is how it works whereas when you have the money to like actually True. see it right in front of your eyes it helps visual learners and helps mm. um, your education far more when you're doing the like science experiment rather than just watching it on a youtube video yeah but then it poses a question because obviously private school education is only up to the age of 18 right that's the same as we got educated with state schools okay after that the next goal in quotation marks that we're all trying to succeed are trying to achieve to succeed is university admissions okay and a person in a state school can still get into like Oxbridge or the Russell Group. Yeah. Like some people may argue, well, you've all got the equal opportunities to get into university, especially how university admissions have doubled in the last 10 years. Um, I think more and more people from the working class are going to university and getting the experience of university. But like, don't you think that at that point, classism is no longer existent? Like, you know, both of us went to comprehensives and we both did well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, up until GCSEs, let's be honest. <laughs> but like, like I remember working my butt off, and I still managed to get the same grades as people you would see in private schools or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was naive because I thought at that point we're all playing the same ball game. Mm, mm. Your uh, quality of education must be might have been better than me, but we all examined under okay the three boards or whatever boards you're doing. Yeah, yeah. The examination level is the same, so from then how is it affecting your place in university what would you say about that but if you look at the statistics though like in terms of for state school children and ethnic minorities say like oxbridge black people they only represent three percent of the whole student body Mm. you say yes we have equal opportunities but it doesn't really translate onto that level still with state schooled children to get to the russell group and oxbridge universities we're still at a large differential gap mm-hmm. in terms of for those um, private school education children and state school children. Yeah. I feel like when you surround yourself with clever people, then obviously you see those children doing well and trying to get to those schools, but not everyone has those opportunities though. That's true. Because when I think about even like going to comprehensive that I did, there was a variety in knowledge, do you know what I mean? Yeah. In ability. Yeah, because if you're always in set one and you surround yourself with all those people, yeah. you don't know how it is in set two to eight, do you get yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of the memes. <laughs> no, but like, no, I get you. And I also understand that we do make a minority of the Russell groups or of um, like Oxbridge and things like that. But I think I was still naive until I got to university, until they started talking about grad schemes. But I feel like, like our parents didn't know any better as well. Yeah. Like for them, 
coming as from our parents in terms of coming from Sri Lanka and Germany to UK, they had to work hard to earn like a living here um, to support their families or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And for what they can see is that education is the the only tool for us to do well. But it's only later on that you, we realize it's not. Yeah, and it's, there's it, deeper issues in the UK. And there's that, always disparities for yeah, the working class. Yeah, because even like so, there's statistics which show that. Um, of Russell groups, the students that are going there, a person from an upper class background with a two two is more likely to get into the elite than a not an ethnic minority but someone from the working class background with a first mm. from the same university. No, I've seen even some friends I know like have got firsts or like two ones from UCL as well, like good degrees economics, and even then they're struggling to get a good job like yeah. than a person who's got a two two or two one. Yeah. He's from like a middle upper class, class, upper class background. And that's when nepotism come in, comes into play. That's I the think. thing, right? It is nepotism. It's because if you deep it, I'm talking from an ethnic minority perspective, but I'm thinking even working class. One of the identifications of a person in the working class is the fact that they've never been to university. So if you are the first in your family mm. to go into university, mm. bruv, your parents are not going to know Wagwan, how yeah, to help for you. Because sure, sure. as much as my parents help me in the sense of like, they would try their utmost to buy me the books that I needed, yeah. get lessons that I needed. No, it's so Coming true. from a working class family, they don't know how to write a personal statement. Yeah, yeah, for they sure. They don't know how to, even student finance, like siblings helped each other. But that's the thing, like most middle class, both their parents are university taught. They all got degrees so they know yeah. how it is. Whereas yeah. our parents or my parents um, as such, they've never went to university yeah. so they can't relate to that level. Yeah, but and even the, though you they've, they had the potential to. Yeah. It just was the way of life that it they had. Yeah, they could, it couldn't materialise yeah. at that time. And even though I wouldn't say like our parents are not smart for not going to university, they worked there. Because when I think about it, of all the things that they've gone through, they've like started that trend of generational wealth. Yeah. So they are the backbone and they gave us the opportunity to go to live in a country where education is free, to where equal opportunities are supposed to happen. Yeah. But they weren't they weren't to know that there's all these other things and disparities that are no, for sure. But which is why like the whole like stereotype was like, oh um do well in education, get to university. It wasn't like oh drop out after A levels or whatnot or try and like go in apprenticeship. It was the whole mantra was to go to university, pass your degree, get a like, good grade or one. Because I believe in that sense, it's because like the job market back then, to get a good job, a lot of requirements was that you need to have a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not as, as so much right now. Yes, you still like, kind of need a degree, but if you are smart enough, you can set up your own business and have mm-hmm. the resources to do that kind of thing as yeah, well. Uh, yeah, because I'm not going to lie, the reason why I think my parents are so on about you going to university is because they knew that was like the most realistic way of earning good money yeah if they're trying to like find a good job and the requirements are if you've got a university degree you can't apply for this job then obviously that will feed them to tell their children oh you need to get to university get a degree because they couldn't access those high level income jobs because they didn't have a degree Mm. so obviously what they're in their mind they must think oh it's only like you need to get a degree to do well and for us as ethnic minorities or working class lower class um, children education does provide a big tool for us to come out of that level yeah because okay so this is the thing about classism i'm going to take it strip it back a little bit because we talk we're talking it from an ethnic minority's perspective yeah because classism affects white people as well no definitely um and obviously because there's a white working class as well and if we come back to statistics a third of the uk 
is made of working class people. Only 10% of that third will be able to make it to the elite. And then once they've made it to the elite, so elite is like upper middle class, you know, earning good money. Yeah. Once they've made it to elite, they're six, they're paid 16% less than their um, upper class uh, counterparts. Like that, when you think about it from that level, it doesn't even, it doesn't make any sense. No, yeah. Do you get what I mean? Because you, I don't know, you but come with that. And that's where it comes of, from what you said before, nepotism. The people that you surround with, the network, who you work with and mm-hmm. like who you went to university with, that all helps you later on, not just your own life, but also your children's life, right? Mm-hmm. Because having parents that are from university background and working in high income jobs, they're surrounded by with other wealthy people or yeah, other people. From that, different different industries. And once their kid say they didn't do well in their grades or whatnot, but they can still try and manage to get them a job in the company. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us, it was literally get any job in retail or whatnot. That's what we aspired. Like, oh, we need to get a job like... Um, Straight away. In, or yeah. in terms of like once you turn 18 kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the jobs that you can aspire for that you saw like you, for yourself was just like, oh, get into retail or in the hospitality industry. Yeah. But like if you had a parent who's had their own company yeah, working, we, you wouldn't work in a retail. They your part time would be like... In an admin job in yeah, a in It's something that most people get as a graduate. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Oh my God, when you put it like that, that is so true. Because or even when just we like, said make d- money straight yeah. away, it was always retail. Like, yeah, I never that's thought I thing. could go into admin. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Anything. Like for me, I just thought, oh, you have to have a, like a good degree or like you need to know people to get into those jobs. But if you don't have either and you want to apply for a summer job, they're not going to listen to you or hear you because they don't know you. Mm. But if they know their parents, oh, that's their, that's that kid's, um, the CEO's kids, or oh, put him in that job, yeah. Even though he's just the 18, he's just doing a gap year. <laughs> do you not mean gap year? <laughs> <laughs> but do you understand? Like, yeah, no, I understand Having that. parents that have that kind of connections. And that's the other thing, though. But I'm not mad at it. No, no. Because no, if you think about no, it. No, of course. I'm not mad get, at it. Because when we get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Like, of I could be we, now vexing you. Yeah, yeah. But believe my kids, yeah. No, I'm not I'm saying. I want to know people in different sectors at this point. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to. Baby boy, you want you want some work experience <laughs> at a dentist? My cousin can tell you with that. Baby boy, you want, you know, help at EY? Uncle Mike's there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing though. Because when you come out of university and you actually start applying for jobs. Because you all you've been taught, right, as an ethnic minority oh, you need, just need to get a degree mm-hmm. and do well, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine you come out of your degree, get a first, right? And what do jobs say? You need experience. Yeah. And where are we going to get that where experience? Where are you going to get experience? Exactly. These, these people who have who got experience whilst they were 18 working in admin of the company, they could leverage that onto their CV. I was working mm-hmm. in this XYZ company. I was doing this, um, learning the corporate lifestyle from that job, blah, 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 because they were able to get that internship. But... When when all you know as a kid and from what your family taught, oh, once you get a degree, you get get a first class, all the job opportunities are available for you. But mm-hmm. when reality hits and they start saying, oh, yes, you're a perfect candidate, you're a perfect candidate, but you lack experience. Yeah. Well, that's why we went with this two one candidate because they have three years experience working. But I don't think they'll even say that to you. Obviously, the companies are not going to tell them. They'll just say you don't truth. have enough experience. Yeah, they're not going to the tell thing. you that. We went for Barry two. Going. Yeah. <laughs> No, for sure. That's the that's difference though. Yeah. No, but the thing is, yeah, I, I think it's worse than that. I don't think it's down to the fact that we don't have the experience because try as you might, okay. Like I even know family members that have 
like got to gone to good universities because of the experience they had or whatever and that's because they perceived very hard they went like it's, they didn't just go on one or two interviews or one or two offices to ask for a part-time job or an internship or whatever they were very persistent okay they got the experience now but I honestly think when it comes to classism it's not that like um you recommended this show actually my little sister recommended this show <laughs> she's woke from day one um but it was like a documentary on the BBC um called how to break into the elite yeah yeah and they were just saying they brought it it was quite apparent that it's not just you know okay you've got a first at a good like a Russell group university you've got like experience good experience but you don't fit the part in the sense not just color not like that but mm. like your accents off the way you dress is off. They, and that's they, from the HR interviews that yeah. analyse all of this. Yeah, like the professors that were saying this were saying basically there's this term that they utilise and it's called polished. And bruv, when you say polished, what do you think? Like, what do you think? The perfect candidate, like who has the right answers, yeah. that has is the right knowledge, has the right education. But polished basically means... Like you're smart, you're knowledgeable. It's not that though. Polished basically means you speak right, you dress right, you look right for the part. Wow. Do you get what I mean? Like, wow. and It's so much deeper than what yeah. you think. Coming from a working class environment, as much as we know how to talk right, like we all have the quotation mark white voice. Like that's, like when I'm on the phone <laughs> the at work. Voice. The business <laughs> But like, you know we say, no, for we sure. say it like we that, right? Yeah, no. I, we have yeah, a, we have like, a voice. I don't talk like this. No, no, I don't do <laughs> Like, yeah, you won't even know. Do you see me catching EY talking like this yeah, with the clients? Like, are you dumb? Are you dumb? <laughs> but it's not even that. Like there's certain things that, even TV shows and things can't teach us. Yeah, no, for and that's sure. like that that aura. Like you know how you were say, like we were saying, being upper class. It's not just about money. It's the lifestyle. It's the things like dress codes, understanding dress codes. All of that comes into account. So when uh, a um, interview says dress smart, casual. Believe you're gonna be coming in your suit because when mummy said go to an interview. <laughs> That means coming into a suit, in yeah, with a suit. Yeah. Like, you're for not going to sure. go in, like, a jumper. Or whatever, yeah, <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? No, for sure. But that means that you did not, you are not socially equipped for that position because you don't know the terminology yet. Smart, casual, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Like, yeah. Well, honestly, any interview no, you go true, to, you true. dress up, you, dr you try and be as smart as possible because, bro, my dad was even saying, I remember my dad saying this and it's, it's, it's kind of wild, but I remember when he first came to England and that, my dad was a chef in France, do you get what I mean? So yeah. he's not even like he was underqualified. But when he first came to England, it's like whatever jobs, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so like same for cleaners or whatever. Yeah. So I remember he even said he because like that's the mantra he paid to himself, you have to look smart. Yeah. And he went to an interview to be a cleaner in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ask him are you are you no, never meant to The guy said, the guy said, What what interview have you come <laughs> And like my dad was saying, You always dress your best. But, like, that was completely off. Do you get what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, what we've been taught, not just even as an ethnic minority, but in the society we live in, we grew up in the working class environment. Yeah, yeah. So our ideas of certain things, we are not equipped for that. And they can tell. 
Do you know what I mean? No, for sure. Even with the posh accent. That's the thing, if you don't have someone there to tell you what's what's right and what's wrong. No, but it shouldn't even be like that, Mike. No, but you still need that, though. Well, in terms of, okay, if you want to play by the system, you need someone to tell you that. Yeah, but I think playing by the system is, yeah, okay, I understand if you're working for a big firm, you need to dress appropriately. I understand that. You need to obviously not be dropping slang, like speak well, like speak the proper English. Do you know what I mean? Use your vocab well. But that doesn't, I don't care what accent you've got. I don't care. Like, I think that kind of stuff shouldn't come into account. As long as you're well presented Mm. and you can convey your arguments in a polite and respectful manner, it shouldn't matter because basically the example they used in the show is um, one of the recruiters. She was saying how she had a young white female and she was well qualified she was. She even said she was beautiful. Do you go? Know I mean, that shouldn't even come into yeah, effect, appearance. Yeah. Appearance, but yeah. she, she even the even the recruit was like, I know it's not like something you should say, but she's beautiful. But I can't get her a job. Try as I might, and I'm thinking, white beautiful female can't get a job. I know she's not a white beautiful male, but <laughs> still, we're like well educated, blah blah. And the reason she can't get a job is because she got an Essex accent. Really? Do you get what I mean? Wow. Because she was like, when it comes to talking to you know when you're like mingling with yeah, clients yeah. they can tell right off the bat they've got an Essex accent bro if you're a rich Essex yeah, yeah you will not have an Essex accent you will still have a posh British accent yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean because you're hobnobbing with that kind of environment because mm. nice houses in Essex don't get me wrong <laughs> yeah, I know, there's, <laughs> some big houses there. there's some nice houses gated community in ish <laughs> the only way is Essex man. but uh, clearly not <laughs> <laughs> But that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's not even the work experience side and not having, you know, the people in the right circles. You just don't fit the expectation. Like the show was basically following, I think it was like five different people, like university graduates. And you looked like a middle-class person and looked at a, a lower class and all aspiring to do different things. You could just see that the biggest thing that they all said was this whole polished thing. Mm. It wasn't what experience I've got, what education I've got. Because that's what I'm thing I thought was lacking. Like, I might have education, but I don't have experience because I don't know anyone in that field. Yeah, yeah. But it's not even that now. Getting an interview is really hard in the yeah. first place. And then once you even get to that stage, you're literally having more barriers than normal. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think classism, that's where it really shows itself. For sure. If you look at even just in executive level and the FTSE 100 companies like it's all predominantly white male mm-hmm. what's that saying they say <laughs> this, I heard this saying one time in the old workplaces male pale still because <laughs> they all used to be old white <laughs> pasty men <laughs> in the boardrooms <laughs> I'm so dead but it's true isn't it no for sure it's true and I think but what do you think about different industries, right? Because classism, I guess, in like the industry you work in can be in effect. Yeah, but you can see like, it in those top positions. A lot of them are white male and they're from Oxbridge or like mm-hmm. from top universities. Mm-hmm. Even coming from Russell Group, it's still elite within that. Like if, if you're Oxbridge, then you have better chance, I would mm-hmm. say. But then what do you think about, okay, so because I can imagine it being a big part in like your industry yeah like in the business world you know but what do you think about it in like uh, vocational courses so your doctors your nurses pharmacists like that kind of 
I still I still feel like there's a disparity within classes there as well. Do you think? Yeah, because with medicine and um, to get into it, it's it's quite predominantly middle class. Mm. But then at the same time, I don't think this whole accent thing matters because if you think about it, a lot of the NHS is created of BAME um, and they've got accents, they're from different class backgrounds. But, but do you not feel like that's because there's a shortage of uh, medical professionals that that's why um, the UK has had to fill that gap because it's necessary, which is mm. why they had to look further abroad. If there wasn't a knowledge gap or there was a shortage of educated people going in for those jobs, then do you think they would not be trying to look for foreigners? Mm. <laughs> Sounds weird when you say foreigner. <laughs> no, but I get that. But I, I don't know, because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like with the industry, as in with the business industry and stock and things like that, I think... As try as bad as it sounds, like I understand classism. I think there's right. like a certain lifestyle. But I feel like it's comes with- classism is very prevalent in, like, say, the finance industry, or like, um, it may not be so in medicine. But do, uh, do you not think it's within all industries? Like, look, look at the creative industries. But creative, yeah, I understand the creative industry. I understand why though, because I feel like with creative industry, you need a lot of. Um, experience and the first part of experience because like if you look at journalists the writers in like the times and like the bbc itv news most of those presenters are white mm. it's only now you see more asian minorities coming in but even with say the black community you don't really see much representation there. that is true that is true but i also think it's because and it's not fair it's not fair because there is nepotism as well because definitely culturally we haven't Journalism had enough generations here to have pursued that. Yeah. If you think about it a lot and of a lot of the working class, the way of they way they thought yeah. they could get money wasn't through the media. No, definitely. Media is such a wishy washy, what if you don't get in, yeah. you're, you're still gonna be broke. And Whereas it's if it's also you like the Asian stereotype and yeah. mentality, like oh, my son, like, you need to go into engineering, medicine, accounting, like, law. Like, if you even mention, oh, I'm going to take English literature, I'm not going to take maths, (laughs) I'm going to take classical studies. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't take any of these subjects, math, science, any of the sciences, and you you go to your dad and be like, I'm going to take classical studies, English, English literature, they'll be like, what, you're going to be a writer? (laughs) Like, what what money are you going to come and provide your children? Or like, or are you going to become an artist? Like, what money? Like, they're going to just, they're going to disown you. Like, it's so frowned upon to even go into those industries because they know very little about those industries. And in their perception or in their mind, they they just think it's not well paid. Yeah, but that's why I think there is such a nepotism kind of battle there because I think there's not enough um, people that we know in the industry to even get a leg up. Whereas in the others, I think there's like even like the minute chance. But for those who, who are trying to get into those industries... They must be facing so much more barriers and hurdles than normal. Yeah, I think it's also the fact that to get into those kind of career paths, you need to do a lot of work experience in the terms in the in the form of unpaid internships. Do That's you know just what I mean? basically like modern slavery, no? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like what working class person is going to be able to afford that lifestyle? Most well, that's, working that's class a privilege, families, right? So yeah, in terms that of, is a privilege. That is a privilege because middle class families, they can take those um, intern, unpaid internships because they don't have to have 
they're worried oh they they have to support their working class family they have to support their family in terms of rent or in terms of like bills and all of that because everything's all paid for by their parents so they can can have the opportunity and the privilege to take those unpaid internships but they can take a year off after uni and yeah that's the thing for us or like working class like especially like for me like i could never just take an unpaid internship or work Mm. for free because I'd rather work in retail than do an unpaid internship in a like admin firm. Yeah. Just because I need to support my family kind of thing. Mm. But I think this is the thing. We're talking about different industries and that's the whole basis of this season that we're doing, yeah. diversity in industry, because we are going to look at different industries, not just from an ethnic minority position, because we are the alternative voice of the ethnic <laughs> minority, but I also think from a working class position, um, we're going to see how... If it is true, because I'm just guessing here about sure. media. I haven't even tried yeah. um, to get a job in media, so I wouldn't know. Do you get what I mean? No, definitely. So, but I'm excited to see like yeah. other people's And like, actually get into and, it. And also like how how things have changed. Like, And if it's improving as well. Yeah, because I've said before in like season one, like how with the whole BLM matter and UK Not Innocent, like how companies are starting to wake up and realise this is an important issue. And especially in our company, have hold seminars and talks Mm. with ethnic employees to talk about their experiences within the firm and how much more they could do better in the future as well and let's be honest now being an ethnic minority you've got a better voice now for sure you feel more represented i think companies are scared now for sure like i know jackie Einar when when the blm movement was happening in the first bouts of it jackie Einar, the youtuber um she's an african-american woman and she did this whole pull up or shut up kind of campaign where she said if you're like a, a company that distributes makeup or clothing that all these ethnic minorities are showing on their platforms show me how many black people you have working for you pull up and show me the diversity do you know what i mean yeah yeah and because there's influencers and people out there that can make those bold statements now i think companies are scared why is diversity because that's another thing i think that's the power of social media how yeah more because connected we are and how companies have to take the voice of like the the reason of the people from social media as well. Yeah, because I think the whole diversity thing's been going on for years. Come on now. Yeah, no, for so, sure. You know, social media's leveraged us even more yeah. so than because, like, I think that's what all, all of these, these companies yeah. were kind of like hiding under. Yeah, like, yeah. the problems are under the carpet. We've got this diversity program. We've got this. But, there wasn't an avenue to talk about as well. Yeah, like how much was it actually? Like how much yeah, progression was happening? For sure. They, you would use like a small percentage and be like, yeah. yeah, we've got we've got a diversity program. We think about we're inclusive and all of this but now people are out here like show me show me yeah, the proof come sure. out with it do you get what i mean yeah and that's that's the voice and that's companies happening are taking now. more awareness of that as well yeah so i think that's one thing we've talked about like companies have talked about diversity for time in terms of but have they done anything that's but what have they actually see. done something do yeah. you know what i mean so we'll see um, that leads me into my next question do you think there's a glass ceiling still there like say define a glass ceiling so in terms of like say they do better in recruitment of ethnic minorities or working class people go into these better jobs um, regardless of nepotism and whatnot. Do you think like, oh, so you can get equal opportunity by starting in the first rung of the ladder, but when you get to like, say, manager level and you want to move from manager to like, say, director or um, partner level, do you feel like, oh, there's still a glass ceiling for ethnic minorities or working class people to break that? Oh, 100%. I do think that, uh, I don't know, I want to be positive and say that's changing because 
there's more ethnic minorities and working class people with their voices like out there but I do think there's a glass ceiling my glass ceiling personally was I was so naive to think there wasn't a glass ceiling <laughs> do you yeah, know what I mean yeah. to think that oh you know I got education I'm after but that's university the thing, it's quite subtle like with even companies they don't explicitly mm-hmm. say it because mm-hmm. they can't say it yeah because they say all oh, about equal opportunities they have that whole <laughs> statement and all of that yeah. that we believe oh everyone regardless of background but when it comes to reality and the working politics of working in those offices or whatnot yeah it, it is kind it's not of, realistic it's not realistic yeah it's true because how many partners have, even in EY yeah. you probably could count the amount of black partners or Asian partners yeah I think have. it was like three in the UK yeah and think how big EY is do you for know sure. what I mean like and that's how, a company that, that states for sure diversity and but us not even that but like when you have so little representation then how can um, other people in in those like cultures like black cultures or like brown cultures like aspire to go into that industry because when they only see very few people even make it to that top but now like the more and more you dig into it yeah. and the more and more you climb you realize that glass ceiling is getting like yeah, you will get passed over opportunities that you opportunities deserve. after opportunities yeah. and it's over dumb stuff like the way I talk yeah even though I'm putting on my the thing is when you ask for feedback and say why did you get passed yeah, over this nuts, like, why did you get passed over this promotion right? when you've been working for the company XYZ they, they won't give you a proper answer yeah because there's discrimination yeah following from that do you think in our lifetime that glass ceiling will be shattered or no okay <laughs> why do you think that I think like I said we're all as much as we want to say there's enough spaces for all of us, I feel like it's a dog-eat-dog world. And they, mm. there's, I think it will get better, but not in our generation. I think maybe our kids or the, our grandkids. Right. Because I think the thing that we're going to give our kids is that chance of nepotism, yeah. let's be honest. Like yeah. I think, even think about your friends, they'll, they'll get, do you a solid, get your kid work experience. In, and I, we've got friends in different, and family members in different industries. Yeah, definitely. Because like, we had the opportunity to go to university, meet yeah, all meet kinds these, of people. Yeah, meet these, exactly. Where parents never did, or they were fleeing from another country to get asylum. <laughs> yeah, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly feel like, yeah, I think we can be, we'll be able to give our kids that nepotism. And, and I know we should be like, fight the power, you know, help the working class. But uh, yo, a girl's got to eat. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, you want like, the same way our parents want is successful. Yeah. You want success for your par- for your children. For sure. And you're probably going to damage your kids a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then your kid's going to be like, mommy, I want to be a footballer. And you're going to be like, Wait up, hold up. Project Mbappe, my kids. <laughs> I don't care, footballers are a hell of a ton of money. Like, he's got to be the Project Mbappe. T- I'm so dead. We're going to be like a puny man, become a YouTuber. Yeah, KSI. Yeah. <laughs> if my kid ain't Project Mbappe or KSI Project, that's it. That's it. You got to find a real job in finance or something Discrimination. like Discrimination. <laughs> but no, I think that, yeah, we're going to be able to give our kids, the next generation, that... A, a step up in the world because if you think about it, the the area you're going to live in is going to be different yeah so even when it, c- it comes to accident and all of that kind of discrimination it will be different you'll probably be able to afford giving your kids 
private tuition. Yeah. You'll probably be able to, I don't know. Personally, I don't think I'll put my kids through private school, even no, if I had the money, because I. I think comp, bruh, the comp that I went to <laughs> gave me character. You know what it's, I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, I could study while there's a fight going on next door. Do you know what I mean? Like, Ofsted was here and there's a fight going on. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No, definitely. It's very much character building. Yeah, well. fam. I built characters. But we're going to be able to give our kids that the only thing i don't think we'll be able to give is that the lifestyle of the upper class because yeah. we still don't know it as much as because well, we're break we're, we're earning new money right yeah we're like, new money we're not even old money so we still don't and we know. started from the bottom like from low class working class and now we're only breaking into the middle class now yeah and um, but we we will never know i don't think For as sure. much as we can watch it in movies like you said it's that polished it's that look that yeah. lifestyle you need and to we, be kind of and you need to have lifestyle been brought up in that lifestyle yeah. I think because we can't as much as uh, bruv I've watched Dynasty <laughs> I know how they, they talk do you get what I mean yeah, yeah. I've watched Downton Abbey do you, like th- I know how they talk I know what is expected yeah. uh, but at the same time I haven't lived it to be able to for make sure. that my norm for my kids I feel like yeah in that sense they'll be different in that way but then mm, do you think classism would have changed by then where this whole polished look would not be a thing so we don't have to teach our kids that so I don't know like personally I don't think within our generation that glass ceiling is going to shatter that's going to be reinforced <laughs> with some metal but um i think it might shift and i think our kids are going to have a better opportunity than us but then at the same time i don't know man because mm. i feel like with the world it always takes two steps forwards and then t- 10 steps backwards i don't think England itself as a country has learnt from its past mistakes. Even when it comes to war and stuff. They just have covered interfering. The <laughs> they always interfering. <laughs> Do you get what I mean? So like, I don't know. Because England, you would think... They, it's typical of, to celebrate successes and to cover I mean, up. we still have a monarchy. Oh my God, I'm gonna, I don't know if people are going to come from our throat. I watch the crown, okay? <laughs> but do you get what I mean? Like, oh, that crown, the show, it shows you the true life. The true life, that's what I mean. Because what is presented in the media and like what you see the, is a facade. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually like, I, I know it's it's dramatised. Yeah, and, it's 100% dramatised. Some things they probably won't even talk about because yeah, it's going to bring shame to the monarchy. But the directors have said like, one thing we don't change is the truth. Like we may dramatise what has been like done or whatnot, but the truth is what they don't compromise mm-hmm. on. I don't know, like, but that's the thing. That's just the standard of. But it's like, scary, I, though. It is scary. <laughs> it is scary, but I don't know. Like, I don't think we'll be able to ever understand that, no matter how for many sure, El- sure. Louis Vuittons you buy, because we'll be new money. No matter how yeah. rich you get, you'll be new money because you weren't bought with bought up with those. Like, see, Lee, even look at Lord Alan Sugar, right? Because if you think about, it, he's surpassed upper class. He's an arist- aristocratic levels at this point yeah yeah and he like if you think about it, he's the only story we hear about a working class person that's living out bougie yeah like one or two the other ways you can do it is through new money but yeah i don't know i feel like the uk as progressive as it is in quotation marks we don't know what's gonna be. Uh, this sounds like bro i'm going apocalyptic here like i don't know what it's gonna be like yeah um but you even hear these stories look at like lewis hamilton how many glass ceilings he had to break mm-hmm and his father, the struggles that they went to, mm-hmm. to even to able to get to, to F1 even level. buy him his, that, that, yeah. like, training and all of that stuff. Like his dad was doing multiple jobs for mm-hmm. even... Like, he hardly saw his dad at some yeah. times. And but like, now, look, he's the most decorated Formula One driver in the world. But that's the thing. That's because of the struggle. Like, deep the extent that his father had to go to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, like, it also brings, like, the but question But I'm glad, forward. like, there are people like him that make it to that but level that's the and thing. able to represent. 
I think that's the and thing. And be a role model for everyone. Like, and even like Marcus Rashford. Mm. Yeah. I love him. So like, I know. Literally like. <laughs> he's, he's done bits over this pandemic. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like he's actually done bits. For sure. It's amazing. Like we talk about the upper class, like they should be having more opportunities. But these are the same people that voted to turn down to pay for. Free school meals. Free school meals. Mm. And it's the likes of individuals or footballers and companies that support Marcus Rashford's cause to step up really. Mm. And the petition that's signed for government to hear the bill. But I think that's what's really sad. You know what I mean? Because I think people that are able to make it that big in the from a lower class family. Yeah. Do you know how hard that person has to work? Yeah. Not even them, but the generation before. No, definitely. Do you know what I mean? Like the amount of work, you're probably working a job, trying to get experience, like and going to a state school and getting banging grades to be able to be considered for a Russell group. Yeah. That's not like an easy walk. In the, like your childhood is basically being studying. Like you weren't able to go out with your friends or have fun. Well, it's severely reduced if you're working that hard yeah. because you don't have the resources. Definitely. You don't have you're, the... You have to work twice as hard. Twice as, as hard. And like with that much fire. And so it's not even... Are they just intelligent? Yeah. They've got motivation, drive, all these other things. Yeah. And they still won't be able to place as high as some people. Because there's that fear, isn't it? As a working class person, you know, like, I can't fall back on dad's money. Yeah, I mean? yeah, you can't. You've got that fire yeah, in your yeah. belly that makes you want to push harder and work harder. No, that was for me as well. I was on free school meals in my high yeah. school. And I had to work hard because I knew for me to get out of this trap, the working class trap or on a poverty level, like, it's... For, to use my education here yeah. to better myself to and you have you would even, not even peak the same that you're you're gonna want for your kids no definitely to get onto the ladder is the hardest step but once mm-hmm. you're on the ladder it's kind of easier to get up, move up the ladder mm. I think that it's just sad that someone from a like an upper class background middle class background can live their life probably not work as hard um, at all in terms of like yeah you need to work hard to get good grades either way but they've got it. But they've got good teachers, good resources, as we said, from day one. Probably private tuition as well. And this is exacerbated that. with COVID as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I know. Look, at ex- COVID has exacerbated income inequality even further. Oh, my God. Because yeah. those, yes, like children are unable to go to school in their first lockdown or whatnot. But the children, those children are going to earn far less or like from state schools because they missed out on literally... And it's not even just like state Like state school four is... Four months of schooling. Big, right? Yeah. So even like there's comprehensive and then there's grammar schools. Yeah. Grammar school is still a state school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like, like my little sister goes to a grammar school and she hardly had any lessons in the sense that there was hardly any Zoom meetings. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. If your parents are unable to afford t- tutors to teach your kids... Yeah, um, like it's just... It's just it's, it's sad because there's so many kids that a don't have parents that motivate them anyway. Yeah. So and b the parents don't have the same facilities, facilities, yeah. or like they're working or something. Like there's something yeah, going on. Yeah. They can't be there twenty four seven, making sure the kid learns. And then maybe they don't have the knowledge to teach them yeah, certain things. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's all these other external factors. For sure. This, and this next generation is, is going to be even worse. But you see by the grades. Do you remember the grades? Oh, yeah. That was well, that was based on the class system. Yeah, the A-level algorithms. Oh, Why, this is shambolic. <laughs> so, no, it's true. But I'm no. glad they scrapped it because it was shambolic. It like, was shambles. You hear stories of a Muslim girl in a state school who's like one of the cleverest in the year. Yeah. And she's predicted three A stars, but uh, what her actual results from the algorithm got was like, 
two A's and a B or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like, what is that? Is actually nonsense because that girl's worked her butt Yeah, because she applied for, like, Oxbridge, but the, if you can't even <sighs> meet the entry yeah. requirement of, like, two A stars and the algorithm dictates your grades, it's shocking, though. You hear all these stories how state-schooled children were for, worse off in the algorithm than private school children because mm. of your certain postcode or your certain ethnic minority. And that's the thing. I feel like this is what I mean. Like, like well, kind of says the government's institutionally racist. Yes, or? bro. Kind of say. Been there, done that. <laughs> but like, that's the thing. Even when we say, "Oh, we're we gonna break that glass ceiling," is everything yeah. gonna get better? We don't know the circumstances that this country's gonna face. We don't know, and they, I feel like they'll use any. I think this sounds really bitter, but like, I think sometimes the upper class use any opportunity to make sure that they stay on top. For sure, for sure. And whether that's nepotism, whether it's the bloody pandemic. Because why would these um, C-suite executives who are all been like from private school or like from top universities would want to hire someone from a state when they want their son to replace them or like a person, their family knows that to replace them in that level, right? Mm. So it's kind of, they're kind of exacerbating the system even further. Yeah. Because they want to... As much as we want generational wealth, they yeah. want to maintain that, which for is sure. understandable no, for as well. Because sure, they they paid for their children's private education, yeah. so obviously that cost of education, they want their children to do well and get to that level. Yeah, because I understand when we're at that position. Yeah, we're going to. Try, I think we're going to be more forgiving and more. Like I think I'll give. I'll be out there thinking about the working class. Do you mm. know what I mean? Because for this world to go around, there has there doesn't need to be a class system. But there has to like be low skilled workers. Or yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think I don't know. I think we'll be more understanding. But at the same time, when we get to that level, how can we say we won't perpetuate the things that we hate about the, the upper class? Mm. The nepotism. We're definitely going to do nepotism. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think the only thing that we can over like that we're not going to do that they do is the institutionalized. Yeah, we can also be a role model for your youngers. Yeah. And like like all these all these people that you've mentioned. Yeah. They are role models. Yeah, yeah. It makes you feel uh, bruv, you might joke about Project Mbappe, but there's some kid out there that thinks he's Mbappe. <laughs> like, do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's having why more it, representation at the higher level is able to inspire a new generation of ethnic minorities to say, oh we can apply for those jobs when they thought they couldn't. Yeah. And I think that's what this um, series kind of boils down to. Like our Instagram page where we try and promote different ethnic minorities, this series is basically going to give us as well, like I think we're going to learn a lot more about different industries. And I think the people that we talk to and the guests that we have can inspire and give some indication for the younger generation and for people that are looking to get into those industries, the things that may, they may face, what looks good on a CV. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I feel sure. like that is the importance Use as a of platform. this. Yeah, and I'm really excited about sure, our same. discrimination in industry like series. I think I'm going to learn a lot and I like learning a lot about these things. But yeah, I think sure. it's going to open my eyes a lot of things because I can be naive and talk about the media industry or a doctor or an accountant blah 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 but i don't know firsthand yeah and it'll be interesting to see firsthand for sure the path that certain ethnic minorities and people from the working class need to take in order to achieve the same level of greatness or strive to achieve it so i, I hope you enjoyed this episode i think it unlocked a lot of like secrets that i think are not talked about and it kind of made me 
view my school journey in a different way yeah um but i hope you that you enjoyed it this episode's been on classism i've been ray ray i've been mikey and, and you've, you've been, been listening, listening to bottom, bottom up, up with mikey, mikey and ray, ray.